Welcome to Doctor Who on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink whiskey, discuss the longest running show in science fiction, and arbitrarily assign points to find out who really is the best doctor. I'm Diana, and I've seen it all. And I'm Jen. I've seen nothing. This week's story is The Daleks. Hey! But first, it's the Whiskey of the Week. All right, Jen, so this week's whiskey is Whitmire's Original Bourbon and Rye. This is located here in Houston, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. Continuing our Houston area whiskey journey. Yeah. Um, this one runs about $35 to $40 a bottle. Mm-hmm. So kind of one of my favorite price ranges Perfect. for a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Um, it is going to be a blend mm-hmm. of Whitmire's bourbon, Kentucky bourbon, okay. and Indiana rye. All right. So a nice fun little blend. Um, we're looking at a bottle that is 108 proof. So it's going to put some hair on our chest. Woo! Get ready. Yeah, it should be nice and fun. Yeah, my um, throat's going to love it. Oh, your throat's going to super <laughs> love it. Um, now, one of the things that I really love about this bottle, and is one of the reasons that I pulled it off the shelf mm-hmm. um, at Specs, what up, Specs, mm-hmm. is um, that $1 of every bottle purchased goes to support the PTSD Foundation of America and Camp Hope Houston. So it's even helping our local community. Nice. And... I'm big on helping people give it back as I'm getting drunk. (laughs) So even if we don't like this, um, I'll probably even just buy it every once in a while because it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I'm also bet it's going to make me feel good. Oh, yeah. Real good. All right. Uh, So cheers. Chin chin. Mm. Burn my nose hairs. Oh, wow. Um, there was a literal fire in the back of my throat. Somebody call that one. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Jen, I think I'm in love. Girl. I definitely feel like I'm going to put some eyes on this. I'll be interested to see how it affects mm-hmm. the flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna tell you, I don't, I don't, I don't need it. You need it. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what it does to it. But I love this. It's literally burning the back of my throat. I'm gonna tell you that ice is not gonna help that. <sighs> I, mean, I really love that. There's like a delay between. Like I can. I'm gonna tell you that I can feel my inside. Like I can feel where my stomach starts. Mm-hmm. And the flavor profile of this is just this perfect, smoky burn in the glass. Yeah, definitely, definitely a burn. I mean, I feel like it burns real good because, like, after the initial like smack to my throat, I feel good. But <clears throat> you know, sorry, excuse me, guys. 
sippability for me, if you like a little burn in your mouth, this is definitely something to give you that burn. And that will not stay around for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, I'm obsessed. <laughs> this is probably, oh, man, this is exactly my my kind this of is whiskey your, profile. Yeah, up your alley. Yeah, why? I don't know. It's good. It's, good. it's real good. I it makes feel me feel my happy. Inside. I can, I can yeah, feel. Yeah, because it's a hundred and eight proof. I can feel my where my esophagus joins to my yeah. stomach. Yeah, who would who would not feel good after one hundred eight proof? I think the last thing that was even remarkably close to this was like one fifty one that I had in college, which was just <sighs> don't. Don't bring me back to those empty black holes (laughs) of non-memory. But, you know, at least this tastes good afterwards. Yes. After the initial bird. 151 was just straight up gas fuel. Absolutely. The gas fuel. Whatever. Fuel. (laughs) Yeah. Gas fuel is redundant. You haven't even had that much. No. See, 108 proof. Yeah. Sip number two. What you yeah. gonna bring? I mean, it's not something I'm enjoying sticking my nose into. I don't like no, the no, smell. no. I, I, like I said before, I took the sip. I because I tend to like to smell it mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. and it definitely feel like it seems some of my nose. Yeah, hair. absolutely. <laughs> I can also feel where my nose connects to my skull. Oh yeah, I feel more awake and alive. So I would also recommend this, like whenever uh, folks feel um, congested, you sure. know. Like uh, the indigenous remedies is just eat chile, but now we can just have a glass of oh man, yeah, blend. some chile and and this with my whiskey, yeah. Your ass will regret it, but oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, but your upper part. This would have been this would have been really nice to have a couple of nights ago when it was real, real, real cold. Oh yeah, this I could see. I could see also putting this like with a hot toddy. So if you had to give it a ranking, what you're gonna give it? <clears throat> You know, I always go for the sippability. My throat's still kind of burning. So on the sippability scale, I would probably have to say a hard seven. Sure. That's but, higher than I was anticipating. Yeah. But uh, just because of the taste afterwards, I would give it a seven. You know what? No, because last yeah, last week I rated the whiskey an eight. And I take that back. <laughs> you can't. Okay. It's permanent. Well, well, this one, then I will give it. Hold on, I'm looking it up. I feel like I did give it because I was wrong. It's um written down in a different place. I apologize. Here, well, give me a second. Let me let me go find it. I have it. Okay, so I found my little wee box of note cards where I'm keeping track of how sure. everybody in my life loves whiskey, and you gave the Shire Oak eight point seven nine. Yeah, no. This is not deserving of the 0.79 or the Well, and unfortunately, you know, we're going to have to go and buy another bottle again because we drank it all yeah. in that night, yeah. which was not the correct decision. It was not the correct decision. So what do you get this one? Yeah, no, I feel like my rankings are all fucked. We'll get better as we go. Um, That's why we're going to not drink this whole bottle tonight and we'll do it in another episode down the road. Yeah. I would say, I would give this an 8.5 to be conservative with my rankings, because... 8.5? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's not terrible. The taste is definitely better than the Shire Oak. 
but I'm also, yeah, giving this ranking just because I, I, I don't want to give everyone a higher ranking. Especially with my shit-ass palette. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to, like, start breaking into the, the points here. I mean, you went a little early with the point seven nine. Yeah. Um, because a lot of mine are hovering in a similar point range. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to have to go with the 9.2. Mm. This I is really, like really good. Okay. So to provide some context for what the British audience was experiencing in the world when the Dalek story came out. Um, somewhere in this release order, it was officially stated for the very first time ever that smoking cigarettes might be bad for you. <gasps> so that's exciting. <laughs> um, and really nothing else was happening in the UK. It's kind of boring during these several weeks. Um, in the US, because that's where we live, it's a slightly different ballgame. They began the plans to build the World Trade Center towers. Huh. But, you know, nothing no, else really happened. Yeah. The only other thing that really... Oh, my God. <laughs> We're not laughing at mass deaths or terrorism. <laughs> no, but I'm laughing at you. <laughs> that was horrible. I just <laughs> totally over my head. <laughs> I almost totally missed that. <laughs> oh, no. Bad. It ended bad. Terribly. Bad. Yeah, bad. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> This is what we've come to, guys. 9-11 jokes. Fuck me. <laughs> it's real early for this. Both hey. in the episode and just in the podcast in general. You know, you know. You know. Stick around. Stick with us. Damn. We'll see if that gets left in. Yeah, we'll see. It probably will be, because I think it's funny. Oh, gallows humor. Okay. So this is story two. Um, it's often called the Daleks for obvious reasons. Um, they're going to be our uh, one of the major characters in this storyline. It was written by Terry Nation. So Terry Nation also created the Daleks. Mm, okay. Um, and it was directed by Christopher Barry and Richard Martin. Hmm. Not that those names really should mean anything. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Okay, so Jen, what are your first impressions? So I didn't necessarily hate this se section. I felt mm. like... Um, I definitely went into it already with like the preconceived notion that like fuck Ian, right? Because I had already because you've decided that Ian's the bad guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. then you know my anger quickly turned from white one white man to the next white man, which was the doctor, because I was just so livid that like a colonizer, he was just so preoccupied with you know going out and exploring this obviously dead world from what we see in the first couple shots, right? And lied to his team, essentially, and was just like, yeah, we can't leave without this mercury and this thing. And then we later find out that we don't fucking need mercury because it's a load of bullshit. Well, we do need the mercury. It's just that the doctor yeah. sabotaged his own ship. He yeah. still needs the mercury. Yeah, there we go. It's um, so I was just like, oh, fuck this 
man. Literally, I think I wrote here. The doctor, once again, getting the group into trouble. What a selfish shit, pretending the thingamabob needed mercury. And then I put a little arrow. I'm sorry. Colonizer no. mentality. Look, I'm okay with everything that you said, except that you just called the TARDIS that thingamabob. <laughs> no, because it was that little piece. Yes, I know, but it goes to the TARDIS. Yeah, the TARDIS the needed the mercury. Piece. I know, but the TARDIS needed the mercury. Well, whatever the fuck needs the mercury. The mercury. The point is the mercury. Is it there? <laughs> okay, so the general, uh, we've kind of decided that Jen gets really bored during the plot synopsis, if we go through it um, <laughs> minutely. So if any of y'all really want that, um, you can contact me and we will find some way of convincing Jen to have to sit through some plot synopses. Small by scale, definitely sit through. Um, but considering that she gets real bored, we're going to do some a real quick plot analysis, and then we're going to do some more discussion points. Um, so essentially what happens, we crash land on a dead planet. We go and find that there's a city. They go and explore the city. They get trapped by the Daleks. Then we find out there are some blonde people that are called Thals. Everything gets excitable. We escape. We join the Thals. We convince the Thals to fight. We invade the city for reasons. We fight the Daleks. We escape back to the Thals. Everybody celebrates. We're back on the ship. And then everything goes to hell in a handbasket on the ship in the last 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. More or less what happens yeah. in the episode. Mm-hmm. So you kind of liked the episode. I did. It just, uh, just because I think that with with the blondes yes, um, and how... The Daleks were based, essentially, there's a part, I think it was in, in the episode, The Escape, where they talk about the Daleks are, like, basically afraid of these blondes because they're these foreign people that are on this land, right? And so, I really like that just because it's it's it, it goes with the theme of, like, you know, my work, not, like, refugees and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I also, I have mixed feelings about this next part, though. So, Ian tells one of the blonde people essentially like stand up and fight you know oh, like, i knew have i to, have issues with this you have too. to stand up mm-hmm. and fight right mm-hmm. and i'm like i love this message right yeah definitely stand up and fight right or like protect yeah. what's yours don't take something laying down essentially but what bothered me about it was just the fact that it, this was coming from a, a british man telling these other foreign white people about like standing up and fight mm-hmm. so like a lot of white saviorism is what came out absolutely of for me um and then it you know kept going back and forth because i'm like well you know these blonde you know species of, of individuals they are you know they portrayed to be white right because they look white as fuck on the screen um but i'm like but you know then that just goes into a, a like a large deeper analysis of like just identification who they are what these people what they are you know um so i won't dive into that because i don't have enough information to really adequately lay out the analysis. right we don't have a lot of information yeah calls. but the the main thing that bothered me was like i like the message i just didn't like that it was coming from a white man from britain but that we know you know just the history of of colonization around the world yeah where he comes from exactly. his perspective where i it's interesting because i had a similar 
issue. I had, a, I had an issue with the, the same scene, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, there was, um, you remember in the very beginning where Susan gets touched mm-hmm. and sh- by one of the Thals. Mm-hmm. He's trying to help her, but she freaks out because that's what Susan does. Mm-hmm. And she's back on the ship and everybody's like, yo, Susan, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And they gaslight her mm-hmm. to an extent that she apologizes for being silly. Mm-hmm. And that really rankled me. Mm-hmm. I really had an issue with the fact that we wrote into the script mm-hmm. that we're going to gaslight Susan. Yeah. And then she's going to apologize. Apologize yeah. for being silly about having been touched. And if you've ever had like a hand on your shoulder is not easy to mistake when you're in a city in a jungle of stone that are plants yeah you're in a world of stone plants nothing should be moving you have a hand on your shoulder Mm -hmm. number one it's warm number two it's you know fleshy Mm -hmm. and they gaslight her to an extent that she apologizes so when we set that up in the first episode to then go to the point where we're trying to convince the thals to fight and they're essentially doing the same thing to the Thals by saying, yeah, you just think you're pacifists. Mm-hmm. You've never actually had to deal with anything. Mm-hmm. How do they so, fucking know? Right. So you don't, you don't actually know. Because the, the Thals literally left their home because they couldn't find food or water. So like, yeah. The, right. Violence is always yeah. an option. Right. And the Thals have consistently chosen peace. They could eat each other. Mm-hmm. Like, lesser men have turned to cannibalism in desperation. And so I had a huge problem with the fact that they were telling the Thals that they didn't know what they were talking about. That they came in in their space and undermined and gaslit their experiences to... Oh, yeah. Abs- I guess it is the same thing. We're, <laughs> we're mad about the same thing. Just from different... Different perspectives. Yeah, having been, you know, I think a lot of people um, don't realize how often we all are gaslit about things. Oh, on. And as 100%. women, we have we deal with it all the time. All the time. Absolutely. All the time. And, Smile more. You know, and, and to have, and I can't even say it's bad guy Ian. I can't even say it's bad guy doctor. You know, because Barbara was the most gung-ho on getting the falls to fight. Also, she found herself a nice little thaw piece, so. Oh, man, but I'm not mad at her. <laughs> like, so that, that, that was get you go, Get you going, like girl. A, get you going, girl. Yeah. Another incentive. Yeah. Know? I liked when he asked her if she always did what Ian told her to do, and she goes, no. Not Bitch always. Where? Yeah. Receipts, <laughs> please. Because in every episode thus far. Okay, you can't see every episode thus far. There's, we're on the second story. Yeah, but there's been several episodes in between. <laughs> <laughs> and I have yet to see her have her own, like, actual thought. Actually, she did have a great thought. The first episode. Let's get the fuck back in yeah. the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm not mad. If, if they had played her as being really, really scared... And I need the dolls to fight. But she just got real angry. And, like, their lives didn't matter. Yeah, it was definitely a a stance for them to take with her character. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting. Um, now, one of the big things that is kind of known about the inspiration behind why this episode was written. Mm-hmm. 
Terry Nation for the Daleks mm-hmm. was very inspired by the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think really comes across in that whole uh, kill anything unlike. Mm-hmm. That they're afraid of anything unlike them. They don't understand them, so they want to kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I find... What I find really fascinating about the fact that the Daleks were inspired by the Nazis Mm -hmm. is that he then wrote the character of the Thals Mm -hmm. that look like the Nazis. Yeah. Super airy. Super airy. Very blonde, very Aryan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when Susan first meets them, the blonde guy apologizes for startling her and... She tells him that he's perfect. And this is our first introduction to the Thals, but the Daleks are supposed to be the bad guys Mm -hmm. in the Nazi sense. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the episode, the Thals kill the Daleks. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want us to keep that in mind when we talk about our point breakdowns Mm -hmm. for these characters. Um, because I've always thought it was fascinating that if we're going to go so hardline on creating a race of creatures that epitomizes what the Nazis were, mm-hmm. that you're then going to create a race of creatures that looked like them. Mm-hmm. But you're supposed to sympathize with the Thals. So is this could this be one of the instances where this writer secretly sympathize with the Nazis? I don't think it's the writer sympathizing necessarily with the Nazis. I think that here, actually, I have a quote from one of the books that I I read for this show. Um, Books will be in the show notes. (laughs) Um, This is from Elizabeth Sandifer from Tardis Eruditorum. And what she says is Doctor Who treats racism in a way that can only be described as uncomfortable. Which is to say that they feel that they try in their best English way to discuss racism. Because that's what this episode really is trying to deal with. Mm -hmm. But from the perspective of white guys in a room full of white people, Mm -hmm. they don't actually understand racism. Not at all. So I don't think it's the fact that they sympathize with the Nazis. I think it's the fact that they just never, they think it's that whole white complex that you see with a lot of Karens who think that they're liberal and think that they're open, but it's because they've never been challenged. The liberal white woman syndrome. Yeah, where it's, they live in this world where life is a little bit easier for them because of their privilege and this, and they think that they are, open-minded mm-hmm. but it's because they're open-minded to their into their suburb block yeah because all their friends are other white ladies who maybe there's a brunette uh, right maybe there's a there's someone who looks like, like me maybe like yeah. yeah it's like but it's never really like you're never truly who right. you say you are because you actually don't have any friends of color or that are black or that, indigenous yeah, they can really give you their perspective and give you mm-hmm. their life story. You know, you know, you read that one book, that one, you know, I've read the help, I know. You went to a sociology class at an unnamed liberal arts college, and now you think you're an expert. 
the shade. <laughs> wow. I know a lot of people who feel personally attacked right now. Yeah, that was meant to be. <laughs> and if you're not constantly questioning yourself, are you really growing? Okay. That is a lot better with the eyes. Yes. It cuts it a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so time for some TARDIS points. Okay. So TARDIS points, do you remember what the tortured acronym is? A little bit. Do you want to expound on that? I just know that it's something about unrelated, really drug points that actually mean something. (laughs) (laughs) Terrifically arbitrary rankings determined with intoxicated seriousness. There we go. See? Exactly. What I said. (laughs) Exactly. So on a scale of one to ten, Jen... What are we giving the doctor this week? Oh, fuck the doctor this week. I fucking hated the doctor this week. This is a rough episode for the doctor. Yeah, Absolutely. It's fucking terrible. I'm giving him a one. <gasps> yeah, no. Just a one. He is the simp, the king of simps. I just, the whole fact that he is, what what is driving this one, frankly, is from the first two episodes where he is like willingly putting these people at risk after they just got out of a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. The selfishness of just wanting to discover this other world, right? Um, the lying and the endangering, like that set the tone. But at the time he didn't know that the world was going to be dangerous. So he was just like, why are y'all not wanting to explore a little bit? Yeah, but you're also, like, coming from already being in this cave world where you were going to die if you didn't produce fire. And then when you produce fire, they were like, fuck you anyways. So you wanted him to just go to the next place? Like, what What would you have preferred he'd done? I would have preferred him to actually listen to the people in the crew. Like, let's try to get the fuck out of here as soon as possible or try to get to another timeline with a place. Where we can actually, you know, have conversation with people that are living. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, or at least have some sort of the, de- this, this, the dead stone forest was your big clue that maybe we should leave. This is like any horror movie. This is what, one of the reasons why I don't watch horror movies, but it's just so stupid. It's like the bitch is in the car screaming, right? Like the guy with the chainsaws running after her and everyone's like, oh my God, let's go down this like dark alley. Let's sure. go into this yeah. dark ass house and like, just like fuck shit up. Just yeah. be white inside this house. <laughs> <laughs> let's just be white inside this house. <laughs> and then oh, duh, that's like, the plot, that's yeah. like a plot of every horror movie ever. Yeah, they kill off the first black person. <laughs> you know. The white bitch screams a lot. You know, the white guy tries to save the white girl, and then they all just get murdered. We ever are at a point where we start making merch? I'm going to have <laughs> someone make us a shirt that says, let's just be white inside this house. <laughs> In fact, I'm writing it down. Let's just be white inside this house. Let's just be white inside this house. Welcome to my Caucasian home. <laughs> let's, let's just be white. <laughs> but like a blonde Becky or a Kim. Becky with the good hair and Karen. (laughs) (laughs) So you're given the so to go back onto our. Yeah, the doctor gives a one. 
a doctor gets one. Mm -hmm. So I struggle with the doctor on this episode Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of what the doctor does that as a scientist, I appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing inherently bad about a stone forest. Mm -hmm. If we ever went camping and we suddenly walked into a part of the forest that was stone as opposed to tree, I'd be like, this is the coolest shit ever. Yeah, I'd be like, bobcats. Why would bobcats live there? Don't bobcats live in, like, stony terrain in the mountains or something? Well, yes, but they... Well, <laughs> <laughs> the bobcats is your, like, go-to. Bobcats. <laughs> um, besides the bobcats, it would, it, it's, it's fucking cool. Like, I've got petrified wood in my house. Like, I have a big collection of it. I appreciate the gems and the crystals and the stones. Some of it's real fucking cool. Trees turn into stone. It's awesome. So I can understand the the aspect of the doctor's behavior that I can understand is that I want to stay and study. I want to stay and go to the city. I totally get that. I don't like the dictatorial, I don't give a fuck what you say. We're going to do what I want. And I don't like the let me sabotage the TARDIS to get what I want. However, on the flip side, if nobody noticed him duck down behind the TARDIS console to rip the mercury fluid link out, like, that's their own fault. He was real obvious about it. It's not like he was sly. This isn't some, like, sleight of hand trick he did. He basically went, guys, I'm going to pull out the mercury fluid link. Watch me. Duck down, pulled it out, and everybody was like, oh, God, what the fuck happened? (laughs) So, partially... They need to pay better attention. Granted, this is their second outing, if you'll mm-hmm. give it that name with them. So they don't necessarily have the context to know that he's mischievous, an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as we know, I like the chaotic asshole doctor. Mm-hmm. However... I don't necessarily like him being this kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give him a one because I think he redeems himself in the later storylines a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because when he and Susan are playing decoy, mm-hmm. um, there's one moment where I really... <laughs> Where I really identify with the doctor. Oh, they're outside the city and the doctor turns off the static electricity. Which, by the way, I really hate that. (laughs) I really hate it. Static electricity doesn't provide that much electricity to act. Whatever. Fuck it. But it doesn't. I hate it. I hate. I hate it. So he turns off the static electricity and he turns to Susan and he's just like, that was really awesome. And Susan was like, we shouldn't talk right now. And he's like, Fucking tell me that I am amazing and intelligent and beautiful and that my brain is awesome. And Susan's like, maybe we shouldn't. And the doctor's like, Susan, what are you here for? Fuck, <laughs> Tell me I'm smart. And then the doctors roll and then the Daleks roll up on him and hold them all with their plungers, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I really identify with doing something clever and turning to everybody and being like, praise me. Hello. Hi, I just did something really smart. Tell me that I am amazing. 
Um, so I really liked that moment and I identified with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets like an extra two points mm-hmm. for just that little moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, everything in this episode is the doctor's fault. Yeah. He gaslit Susan so that they leave the medicine on the TARDIS. He he wants to go explore in the first place so they get captured by the Daleks. He's part of the brigade that's trying to convince the Dalek, the Thals to go fight. Mm-hmm. So for this episode... What are you giving them? Him. I think I'm going to have to... Uh, this is really difficult for me. I think I'm going to... 4.5. I'm oscillating hard between four and a five, so we'll split the difference in four point okay. five. Okay. Damn, that's hard. That's rough. That's pretty much a dick at this episode. Uh, yeah, there's there's not a lot Very redeeming about yeah. the doctor this episode. All right. Well, so you gave him fashion is horrid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a. I like his pants. I like his little checkered pants. I used to have a pair of pants like that, but I just little bleach on them. Did you get him from Hot Topic? No, I got on. <laughs> no, I got on commercials, <laughs> which is fucking awesome. Oh God, favorite, favorite story from TJ Maxx, but also give us sponsorships. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by Marshalls. Maxinista. Oh no, that's TJ Maxx. <laughs> okay, so Doctor gets a one and a four point five. Mm-hmm. I think his lowest scores today. Yeah. What are we going to do about Susan? Susan. So, frankly, Susan kind of blurred into the background for me a little bit this episode, but I think it's also on purpose, just, like, in terms of, like, what we were discussing, well, what you, like, you're pointing out about just, like, being gaslit, and I think that's one of the parts where I zoned out um, in the series, um, which now that you bring it up, I'm like, huh, I have to go back and rewatch that, because, like, I need to see what that's about. But, um, I'm so proud that you are considering rewatching it. Yeah, just that episode. Just for that part. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get too excited. Just that part. It's just that part. Just to, just to see how everything is. But um, with Susan, I do have, I have a, a note here. Why doesn't Susan run like girl? Dot, dot, dot. Girl with the G-U-R-L. <laughs> Don't fall to the ground. Oh, man. Is that that running scene? She she's got her head flung back. She's like, like yeah. Considering that this obsessed. is an audio form and not a visual, I need you if you have access, go watch it. Brit Box on Amazon Prime. She's got her head flung back. Of course, you fall down. You're not looking where you're going. You're walking. You're running through a stone jungle. It's not like yeah. a vine. It's like a pipe. I also thought that. Uh... Well, yeah, I honestly, Susan faded into the background for me. I think she was helpful when she, when she was helpful. Um, but she didn't really do anything to really, like, uplift. The one redeeming thing that she did do was go back to the ship and get the medicine. Mm-hmm. Right? Come back. And she, what? She came back with two. She did. Uh, so I'm like, go, Susan. Um, I also just generally commenting that I think women were really fucked out of this episode because, like, mm-hmm. When fucking Ian was trying to get into a little robot thing, it's like, wouldn't a woman fit in there? Because the women are definitely in at least 
here, what we see in the scene. But they don't have dicks. Are smaller than the men. They don't have dicks. Just fit into this little fucking. They don't, but they don't have dicks. Exactly. They must, and, and obviously, because it's the driven dick is with their dick. So important. It's obviously driven with their dick. <laughs> um, but yeah, but Susan, I, I just because I feel like she's forgettable in this in this uh, series of episodes. But she also did the one great thing, which was bringing the antidote. Sure. And also, like, the message from the from the blondes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give her a six. Because I feel like that was just a very monumental part. One, for them to be well, right? Like, she set the gears in motion. Yeah. But two, she also introduced them to this other piece of people. So they, the group, when yeah. I say they, right? They now had the means to an end. Yeah. Right? Their end being, let's get the fuck out of this planet. So it's just a six for me. Six. Mm-hmm. So while you were talking, I went through my notes. And Susan became irrelevant after the second episode. There are seven episodes. Yeah. Um, Susan is a plot point in this episode. She drives plot. Mm-hmm. I want to give Susan like a 10 for being gaslit and mm-hmm. being able to be like, I fucking told you so, mm-hmm. bitch. Mm-hmm. And I would give Susan a 10 if she was a real person, but she's not. She's a plot point. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the fact that they used her as a, as part of her plot is to be gaslit. Yeah. And the fact that she just becomes irrelevant. Um, because of that, I'm going to have to go with like a three. She's just, I'll give her the three points for being the plot point that goes and gets the medicine. Um, but she's not particularly clever. Mm-hmm. She's not particularly useful. She's really there to go, oh, look, the blondes are perfect. Mm-hmm. Aren't they wonderful? We should do whatever they want because they're beautiful. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a three. Mm-hmm. I thought she was kind of boring. I thought she she didn't need to be there because... Mm, that's true. Any of the other characters, you know, the only reason she went to go get the medicine was because he- Ian was paralyzed and the doctor's dying of radiation sickness. And if Barb, if uh, Susan hadn't been there, they would use Barbara. Yeah. So I'll give her three for the really stupid running scene where they hit her in the face with fake flowers and stuff. Because if she'd been running through that forest that was made out of stone, these leaves would not have been just like flowing past her no, face. They would have been, been knocking her out, like she would cuts and scrapes, and yeah, she, she'd have been ducking a little bit more. So I'm gonna get you know what? Fuck it, two. <laughs> I'm gonna give her a two. So that takes us to the other lady of the episode, mm-hmm. Barb. What are we giving? What are we doing about Barb? Barbara. Again, I feel like Barbara. You know, just kind of. She wasn't doing enough to keep me entertained in these episodes. And these, and let me just say, as if you haven't noticed already, these first episodes are kind of a struggle for me. Like, there's definitely, like, I put this on in the background to watch and like, yeah. get it done, right? Um, but nothing has captivated me yet. So I think in, in, in terms of just Barbara, nothing she really did captivated me. I think the only things I saw was, like, let me even see if I even have her in my notes. Oh, yeah. Barbara had the right idea to go back to the ship ASAP. That's what I had in here. Yeah. And the other, my, my comment just about, like, women and how they were really underutilized in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then her, like, 
sweetheart like alien thing that she like got at the end. But like besides that, that's about it. So I'm a little bit neutral on Barbara this episode. This sure. series. I I feel like a solid five because it's just my baseline. Yeah. I feel like that's I think that's pretty fair. <clears throat> um so with my notes on Barbara. Hmm. Wow. I have I have in here that she has a really fucking ugly outfit. <laughs> It's fuck, guys. It's so, I mean, like, it's just so bad. Like, they could have at least found something flattering for her. Yeah. It's just not cute. Um, wow, I really have nothing on Barbara. You know what? Barbara was problematic for me because she was super quiet the whole story. And then here at the end, you know, she's got this little hot piece of ass that she's interested in. She's in their leggings, which are kind of cute i could see like like fabletics <laughs> making a line of thaw leggings um but she's got this like cute little guy that she's super interested in and she's like fuck them all make them fight for us i don't care that they're gonna die i'm not gonna die which i can kind of get behind that frame of reference except for the fact that it was completely undermining their whole morality Mm -hmm. and that she was so much that she was the hard line they must fight for us she wanted someone else to take revenge do her dirty work yeah that that she was so invested in going into the city and and doing all of this even before they realized that the fluid link was there that the food that they had taken it from Ian. And that they so, had a new, like, and it took Ian going, are you just going to show them the fluid link and go, this is why we're killing all of your people? For Ian to be the voice of reason, mm-hmm. when Barbara is the first one to go, why the fuck are we getting back to the TARDIS? Mm-hmm. She's your voice of reason the whole past story in the caves. Yeah. She's the one saying, this is crazy, or we need to get back, or what. She's so reasonable. And then all of a sudden, just flips his she's... Yeah, Barbara, right now as you're describing her, just reminds me of, like, what I was talking about the other day was, like, she's the type of woman from the South in America that would go to a picnic where there was a lynching happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a really strange character that they're building for her mm-hmm. um, that I don't quite understand. And to be fair, I don't understand those women. They, yeah, I, that's they, why I think it's yeah. the most fucked because you know, like psychologically, you know what they say about like, women, right? Yeah, like how, like, sensitive, caring, yeah, you know, stereotypically yeah. like that. So when there's like women who murder, right, or right. women who snapped, snap, yeah, yeah, it's like just this like yeah. mind fuck of a thing, right? Because it goes against the very portrayal of like the docile. Right, you know, so yeah, she's so she's giving me a lot of those vibes based on just how you're describing. Yeah, I had a really hard time with that aspect of her character Mm -hmm. um, in this episode, especially because the only other thing that we get from her is that she wants to jump in Blondie's pants. Yeah, even to the extent extent that when she kisses him, he doesn't actually kiss her back. It is a lame, closed mouth. He seems shocked. Yeah. So, 
Parker's not going to get many points from me, especially because her outfit was just so bad. It was fun. It was just, it was, oh man, it was a, um, I did laugh at one point when Ian was helping her like take a nap in the prison room or whatever because she was passing out. Um, when he like lifted her over and you got like a whole view of like the upper side mm-hmm. of her torso. And I was like, Ooh, scandalous. So she'll get like, well, <laughs> torso. <laughs> so she can have a point for the foot of torso. I saw. I'm going to go with five. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to match you. Yeah, she was going to get a four if I didn't get to see some, some skin, some skin. Yeah. Other than that, sexualizing women. I mean, that horrific <laughs> pencil skirt. Look, I'll do what I can. Okay. Now, Ian. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about Ian this episode? So, Ian, I was going into this episode not like with this series of episodes, not really liking him. Uh, duh. Based on <laughs> what I made. You you last made him time. the bad guy. The last yeah, story. And then he continuously just broke my point again. I mean, I think he had some heroic moments in there, mm-hmm. like for sure. Um, but I think that's also just a point to the writing, where like I really truly feel like the women could have definitely taken control of the situation, and it would have been a different outcome, right? But like, um, uh, he did have his moments in there, uh, sprinkled in. Uh, but what's really just gonna do it in for me once again is <laughs> just his speech about like getting up and fighting and like mm-hmm. doing what's right right like you can't take this thing down but it's like you have no investment in any of this except right. to go home right like, you have no idea the consequences it's going to bring to these people to the people you don't know who's the enemy and who isn't right you just chose to side with the people that didn't capture you but like what is to say that they aren't better people you know so it was just like it, my whole train of thought still from the last episode is still staying, standing. I'm going to I'm gonna give you a slight rebuttal there, mm-hmm. lawyer person. Cool. Um, and say I think they had pretty good evidence to suggest that the Daleks were a little bit more intensely awful than the Thals. Yeah, I get that part. But I'm also just like, it's also just taking into perspective. Because mm-hmm. in this, there's obviously has to be a good and a bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, like, this is just the setup of the era of the times of whatever this is filmed. There had to be a good versus evil, right? Yeah. But even now, in just in taking it into, like, a, a global context in terms of just, like, how we're presented things, right? How we're presented one side of the story. Because the winner is the one that writes the story. So I'm thinking that, like, this could be another one of those moments, right? Where this and, and this is why I go back to me hating fucking Ian. Cause it's like <laughs> you and your fight saver bullshit tell people to stand up and fight and do something, right? But you're not in the trenches necessarily. Sure. You know? Like you were there for one battle, but you're not there for the entire thing. You know, you're not living in these people's shoes. You don't know what what it is. And I am so mad that that's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> that for me, it's just, and, and, and this is another point, right? Like I, I went into a hate hey to you had some redeeming qualities, but I think at the end of the day, it's still, it's still that like puppet master 
that I've seen it's him at. cis white white male in any space. Yeah. Yeah. Unchallenged cis white male in yeah, any yeah, space. Yeah. No, for sure. So for me again, I, I forgot what it could be unless I'm thinking about it. Doesn't matter. Before. Um, but just because he had redeeming qualities this episode, I'll do him a five. Okay, so my thoughts on you. I think he came up a lot this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate that of the group, he is the one that was like, I'm not making the Thals fight for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all are really going to have to, like, give me something mm-hmm. to make the Thals fight. I mean, then he kind of, in like, you know, one step forward, two steps back, then, mm-hmm. like, threatened to sell Blonde Chico over there to the Daleks. Um, but he wasn't intending, he was just, you know, to blackmail the falls into fighting which is not great um i did also definitely write in my notes bad guy ian at mm-hmm. the very beginning um when susan found the little stone flower and ian was like oh how cute and then barb was like ian and he just crushes yep. the fuck out of the flower <laughs> um, i did write bad guy ian um but i appreciate that he's starting to realize that the doctor doesn't know what the fuck he's doing Mm-hmm. that he's kind of got a knack into getting himself into trouble. Mm-hmm. Ian's kind of... Pe- Barbara is... Out of our two 1963 people, mm-hmm. Barbara is so focused on getting back that I don't even think she's aware that like maybe they can't. Yeah. And Ian's a little bit more of the paying attention in terms of what their story is as opposed to what story they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that he's paying attention, mm-hmm. that he's starting to kind of get a grip on what's happening around him mm-hmm. and that he needs to play this game that the doctor's playing mm-hmm. and that he needs to deal with the doctor as much as he needs to deal with what the doctor's getting him into. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. He's also the one that fucking gaslit Susan. Mm -hmm. Him and the doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm super not into that. Mm -hmm. But he also does play the hero card this episode. Mm -hmm. And I'm not super mad at that because in 1963 they weren't going to give that character to poorly dressed Barbara and teeny weeny Susan. Mm -hmm. Um, If they were going to give a woman the hero card character, you'd be looking at an Amazonian type character. You don't have anything. That's not what they're presenting Mm -hmm. with Barbara and Susan. So it's not what I expect from them really. Um, And you've got to have some character Mm -hmm. that's your willing to, you know, get in the mud and hold the teeny tiny ass rope that's supposed to save all of their lives in the cave. That would have not done anything <laughs> except for maybe cut very deeply into yeah. their skin. Um, so I didn't hate him this episode. I didn't love him because of some of his rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that a lot of that rhetoric is of the fact that it was released in the early era. 60s. And that's kind of what men were supposed to be which is an argument to say you know isn't healthy for the perspective of men either Mm -hmm. um so i don't necessarily hold that against ian as much Mm -hmm. although i totally hear what you're saying about the 
white savior complex. Um, I think it's an interesting concept to be a white savior complex in the middle, being a brown haired white man in the middle of a bunch of Aryans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a fascinating. I, I feel like someone could probably, you know, do a senior thesis on that at some oh, yeah. school somewhere. Um, that's, that's interesting. Because um, it just goes a lot into the analysis, right? If you yeah. Analyze the. No, we don't have to get into it, but yeah, there's a lot of pieces to analyze that. Like the two white presenting people. Right. right? Well, because one of the things that I had a huge issue with in the episode is when we're having this whole conversation um, with the Thals at one point, they kept calling them human beings. Mm-hmm. Well, the Daleks aren't human. The Daleks aren't human. The Daleks aren't human. And, you know, we're all human. Well, how do we know that yeah. the Thals are human? <laughs> right. What if they just look like humans? Right. What if they are bipedal, you know, two eyes, two ears, two arms kind of organisms? Because we have that moment where they chuck the Dalek out of his little shell. Mm-hmm. And we have a little claw that's your cliffhanger. So we don't actually know what the Daleks look like, but they can't, I mean, if they fit inside that thing. Yeah. So you don't know that they're human. And I was getting offended for the Thals. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's kind of like with somebody, it's kind of like if somebody, you being El Salvadorian, just Mm -hmm. assumed you were Mexican. All the time. Right. It's (laughs) that thing where it's like, I understand that you're trying, but there's also something called a map. Oh. <laughs> and we don't speak Mexican. We speak Espanol. Neither do Mexicans. Yeah. Who does speak? No one speaks Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just make that But it's clear. that whole idea that like there are some of those liberal people that are only exposed to the end of their suburb. Yeah. And they think and they're trying to do what's best. Is that, is that what white girl that went to this one unknown lane? named liberal arts college in this one liberal state and then just thinks that she knows the whole thing and can teach a critical race theory class. Damn. (laughs) Wow. Uh, But it's that whole idea that it's hard to get mad at some of those people because they're trying. Mm -hmm. They just haven't been exposed to more. It's like when I look back in my history, mm-hmm. there were moments where I have said some fucked up shit mm-hmm. and then I learned. Mm-hmm. So we are so early in these people's journeys mm-hmm. that I'm hoping that what we're going to see, and especially with your viewpoints, mm-hmm. I don't even know anymore, <laughs> um, that what I'm hoping that we're going to see is they're saying fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. And then they learn. Mm-hmm. So Ian was really fucking awful last episode. Yeah. But he seems to kind of have learned. A little, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. It takes a lot for men to learn. He went from an offensive man to a less offensive he, as much as he ended up trying to make the Thals do what his group, the gang, wanted them to do, he still took their side first. He took the time to listen mm-hmm. to why pacifism was their viewpoint. Mm-hmm. 
and that he was able to see that that was a valid viewpoint and a valid morality system. Mm -hmm. And for him to say, hey, gang, if you want me to convince them, you have to do more than tell me it's about a fluid link. And because of that, I can deal with him better this episode. So I'm going to give him a six. (laughs) (laughs) He's still obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. He's still, I just, I don't, I'm never really, I'm uh, I'm never really going to be like super into the like generic hero guy. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of obviously what they're doing with him. Yeah. So this is the one that I thought was going to be my favorite category. I have to take a drink, guys. <laughs> yeah, please catch up. Bitch, please. <laughs> this is the category I thought was going to be my favorite, but then Jen said, fuck that shit, flipped it on its head last week. So <laughs> who the fuck knows? All right, Jen. Who's the bad guy? And if you don't fucking say the Daleks, I quit. <laughs> I really wasn't going to say the Dalek. You were? I wasn't. Fuck you. It is the Dalek. <laughs> we haven't talked about the Daleks at all. Like, it ha- it's the Daleks. The Daleks. They're going to set off a, a, a neutron bomb to kill everything because they don't want to just increase the radiation around them. They want to just kill everybody to increase the radiation of the entire planet. Because fuck you. But I'm thinking in terms of just like, that's just the obvious villain. Like, Okay, well sometimes the uh, Hitler was the obvious villain. You look at World War II and you you go, FDR was kind of fucked, but but like Hitler. I would argue that the people, the little people that listen to him are the real villains. Okay. So there was one Dalek in charge and there was a bunch of other fuck time. They they said, they said, let's give them the antidote. Oh, they're dying from it? Alright, fuck them. Yeah, the dogs weren't weren't great. Um They sent a letter to the Thals that was like, hey, we're gonna do some food, some water. Yeah, they were, they were we'll fucked. take a vacation together. We'll be BFFs forever. And then the Thals showed up and they shot them. They were a little fun. I really think that. How can I say this? I really, I mean, there's there's a clear villain, which is the Daleks, but I also don't want to just pin them. This you can now. Yeah, you can. You, you can only pick one. Well, I'm not gonna bully it. I'm gonna fucking bully you. <laughs> this. But um, I, I'm not gonna bully you a whole lot in this show. But I like the whole, the episode is called the Daleks. I know they were problematic, but I think that the first individual they were problematic. problematic. No, it, just because they're the first doesn't mean that they're the villain of the show. Yeah, but the true villain is the person that gets you involved in all this shit. Oh, fuck you. It is not the doctor. It is not the doctor. The doctor is not the villain. The doctor is problematic in this episode, but he's not the villain. I think, and this goes back to like 
He was like incapacitated for most of the series. The the Daleks are the bad guys. He was incapacitated. It's like an old racist man. You're still racist. Yes, so are the Daleks. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm I'm going back and forth between Ian again. And, oh my god, Jenna would kill you. Yeah. No, between Ian again, just and the Daleks. Again, and the Daleks. You know, the Daleks. The Daleks. Um, There's more of them. I think the Daleks, they're definitely evil in the sense that they actually did all Oh my god, Jen, they were literally based on the Nazis. You know, but then we have the fucking blondes who are Aryan as blonde. Yes, I know, but they're but they're not based on they're not their character the system. Human. Yeah, but their character system is not based on the literal Nazis. <laughs> I mean, I get why the dots would be the villains. I, I feel like there's two villains. It's not for the dots, but they did the evil shit. They actually they're going to set up a shit. neutron bomb. They did the evil shit. Nothing the doctor back. did no, no, was no, like was setting off a neutron bomb. I was going to say nothing that Ian did is like setting off yeah. a neutron bomb. No, because I think that the, the I, I, and this isn't coming from the background that I come from. The white saber complex is a little fucking thing. That's so true. I get that, but they didn't. He didn't try to set off a neutron bomb. Yeah, no, but I also I also equate that to being villainous. I mean, not as evil as obviously setting up a neutron bomb and killing everything on the planet, but definitely it's maybe not killed anything on this planet, but it's killed things on a lot. Of Absolutely, but a lot of planets meaning Earth. <laughs> and I get and I get that. And I would say that with Ian, it's the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, the Daleks. The road to hell is paved with corpses and Literal dead corpses. bodies and children and yes. dogs. Okay, so in that respect, the that Dalits. they looked in their eyeballs and they said, "What up, dude?" Yeah, no, the Daleks were bad. I'm not saying that they weren't bad, but I'm also not giving them the full villain stamp because I also think there's another more like whole like uh, psychological. But who is? No, I'm not letting villain. this go. Who is... It's a 50-50 toss-up. It's not 50-50, girl. 50-50 toss-up to me. If you could... If Ian didn't represent Mm -hmm. a lot of things that you struggle with Mm -hmm. in terms of people in the world. Mm -hmm. As a woman of color. As a woman of color. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Just in this story, though. Yeah. He's not the villain. Yeah, but then... The reason why I'm on this show is to push I back know that because but, of my And I am not going to fight you on every uh, episode. I did not I did not I did not fight you last <laughs> week when you tried to when you gave Ian the bad guy. Okay. I put in the little database Batty Ian score. Again, like I said, he is not the worst of the villains. I think the prize villain will definitely have to go to the Dodge just because of so, Okay, so you so villain. the score is going to be for the Daleks. But we're saying Ian's still shitty. Ian's still shitty. He also has a a part to play here. I agree. I won't fight you on that. I just need for the baddie to score to go to the Daleks, (laughs) not Ian. And and it won't be that way for a lot of episodes. But the the Daleks, I mean, they're Nazis. Literally, I I have, there's one line. Okay, I'll go into my Daleks. What are you going to give the Daleks? What do I give the Daleks? Um, I guess just in terms of like terrorizing. Um, I would give them a 7.5. 7.5. <laughs> okay, so one of the things where 
I really have to go with why I get, why I've gotten so worked up uh-huh. about why, even if Ian and the Daleks are both mm-hmm. your bad guys, why the Daleks have to be the baddie of the episode mm-hmm. is because when, towards the end, when the Doctor and Susan are recaptured mm-hmm. by the Daleks after the Doctor is very clever, mm-hmm. and we all praise him for his cleverness. Mm-hmm. Um, the Daleks do that whole thing where they reveal their plan. Mm-hmm. And the doctor says, but that's sheer murder. And the Dalek says, no, it's extermination. And to be that casual mm-hmm. about, no, 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 we want genocide. Mm-hmm. That's that. Yeah, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Genocide. That's, to me, why they have to be... Everybody else is trying to do the right thing in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Barbara may be using people to get home. Ian may be using people to get back to the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. The Doctor may be using people to uh, accumulate more knowledge. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck knows what Susan's doing? She's just there. Mm -hmm. You know, the Thals are just trying to get food. The Daleks are just trying to commit genocide. Mm-hmm. That's almost their goal. It's masked by this whole, we need, we are finding out we need radiation to live, but they're so cavalier about genocide. Whereas everybody else feels, except maybe for a while, if you had gone with Barbara, maybe we would have had a more <laughs> conversation. Barbara's like, no, fuck all the thaws. We want to yeah. get home. But everybody else is like, I don't, I, we don't really want to kill anybody. Mm-hmm. But we still want to get home or we still want food or we still want to survive. And the Daleks are just sitting there going, no, fuck them. You know, we're going to offer a peace treaty. And the second you show up, we're going to murder you. I mean, yeah, like I said, they're more obviously bad. Sure. And yeah. I totally can see and concede to the fact that the TARDIS gang is not necessarily great. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not lost on me that, considering that the Daleks are the baddies of the episode, they're the ones that all end up dead. Mm-hmm. But I also wouldn't say that that's a bad thing, you know. The only, like, good Nazi is a dead Nazi. (laughs) Right? The ACLU would have a fit with you right now. I mean, (laughs) the second best Nazi, no, the first best Nazi is a converted Nazi. The second best is a dead Nazi, right? Don't be a Nazi, guys. (laughs) Please. So I'm going to give the Daleks... Honestly, man, there. This is a good baddie episode for me. Um, I mean, it's a very clear cut. Like, yeah, bad. These They're bad. Are bad. And I like that the drama of it all is the aspect of radiation sickness for the first half of the serial, and for the second half of the serial, it's are they going to set off this bomb? I mean, obviously, they're not going to kill our gang. Mm-hmm. But the stress of, are they going to set off this neutron bomb and kill everybody before our gang can get off the planet is kind of nice. And the Thals, like, aren't the worst group of, like, humans ever, or 
humanoids. Or the uglies. Or, I don't know. They didn't choose. There were some that, they had a very plastic, very plastic look. The one I didn't hate the most died in the cave. This is true. Except he was a coward. Yeah, but that's not his fault. We're not all we're not all meant to be brave. No, not at all. Some, some of our that's why I didn't. That's why I liked it. Wait, So I'm giving the Daleks in the story of the Daleks. I'm giving them a fucking nine. Evil, 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 evil. Just a good bad guy. When you are looking when. You are looking at stories in this time that are villains of the week, that are good versus evil. You can't get much more evil than the Daleks. I think part of our problem that we're we're finding between you and me is that we don't actually have a good good guy. Uh-huh. And so we don't have a good versus evil. We just have an evil versus less evil versus like a bunch of morally compromised. Yeah, a lot of morally compromised people. Which I think makes for better storytelling. If you don't have a good... And I think they tried to make Ian the good guy. But he's not really all that great. Yeah. You're also presenting this from a bunch of... I'm pretty sure there are no writers of color in this. No, probably not. Definitely not. So, story as a whole. Mm -hmm. Seven episodes. What are we going to give it? I actually like this series a lot better than the first. Yeah. This would definitely get my attention more. Um, I would give this series a more of a, of an eight, I think, just because, um, I really could identify with the refugee story. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it reminds me of what, like, what I do in my line of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I liked, yeah, I mean, I, I generally liked it. I had my issues with it, but yeah. generally speaking. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow, I'm gonna give it another nine because it's such a huge episode. Mm-hmm. It's such a huge story. Um, this is one that is an episode that is well remembered. Mm-hmm. This is one that people know Mm -hmm. it echoes through time Mm -hmm. um the Daleks look stupid we haven't even talked about how dumb they look oh yeah terrible you know they've got an eye stock they have a plunger one of my favorite one of my favorite bits William Russell who plays Ian Mm -hmm. has said that no one was terribly impressed when the Daleks were unveiled when they showed up and why would you like they look super dumb yeah but the second the cast found out that they were drivable they all wanted to turn <laughs> which like same yeah same yeah. um you know there's something about the daleks mm-hmm. they're stupid they're kind of scary there's that one scene in the um, the cliffhanger mm-hmm. of that first where barbara is you know oh my god i'm trapped in another what they do. corridor mm-hmm. And you get the point of view camera angle from the Dalek. And it's just the plunger, mm-hmm. you know, going a little yeah. crazy. And Barbara's like, well, up against the wall, screaming her head off. Yeah. And it goes to, it cuts to black. Yeah. And then you had to wait a week to find out what the fuck the plunger was. 
it's and it, this is a time period where point of view camera angles weren't used mm-hmm. so you would have been like what the fuck is going on yeah it's such the camera work in this episode is so innovative mm-hmm. um and to be dealing with radiation sickness fallout um world war ii motifs mm-hmm. there's a lot that as the british public this would have been difficult to watch mm-hmm. as adults. It would have been scary as a kid. You know, it's hard to watch this now and really understand how terrifying the dogs must have been. You know, it goes back to the idea that they had only been off rationing for nine years. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, 9-11 is further away. Yeah. And it's still intense. Mm-hmm. Because of the impact this must have made and did make, mm-hmm. I have to give it a nine. Um, I think it's a great story. I'm a big fan of epics. I love Beowulf. I love Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has that feeling of an epic. There are aspects to this story where you have the journey into the forest. You mm-hmm. have the time in the city. And then you have this crazy adventure with the Thals that I feel like we barely even talked about through yeah. the cave. And, you know, and the fucking whirlpool, like, eating your Thal on the side of the bank where he's safely on the bank yeah, and all of a sudden awesome. the whirlpool eats him. <laughs> you know, that, all of that aspect, it must have been the craziest adventure story mm-hmm. when you're watching this over the course of seven weeks. You know, getting to talk with your friends on the playground, walking mm-hmm. to the water cooler, not that we would have been at work, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but talking about, you know, oh, did he die? Did he not die? What's happening with Barbara? You know, who cares what's happening with Susan because she's irrelevant. <laughs> but this really had so much going for it that it would have been exciting to watch. And I can, and I think that still translates today. I mean, it was exciting. But it was definitely like I I enjoyed the breakups sure. of the episode. Well, sure. We are used to I mean look, <laughs> one of my one of my notes in here is this is the problem with a lot of these early ep- episodes, um, which was all encapsulated in this one interaction that was in the cave mm-hmm. where Blondie and Ian are looking at the chasm and they go, This is a big chasm. Do you think we need to jump? Yes, I think we need to jump. I think we're gonna jump. We should jump. Not a lot of room to jump, but we're still going to need to jump. We need to tell the others we're going to jump. And then they cut and go back through the little hole where the rest of the gang is sitting there. And they go, we're going to jump. And then there's like 15 minutes of them jumping. They haven't quite learned the show me, don't tell me Mm -hmm. aspect. But I think that's what television was. Mm. In a lot of these, especially for children's shows, Mm -hmm. you still watch children's shows today and you're like, oh, my God, pick up the pace just a little bit. Um, And so I think that's part of the damage here is that we're still looking at this like a children's show. Mm -hmm. The writers are still writing for children. Got it. That being said, it's still really fucking exciting and I gave it a nine. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes down to it, is it a neat story? Yes. Thank fucking Jesus. <laughs> I was going to fight you. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank Jesus. I didn't, I, 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 I didn't know what I was going to do if you said no. No, this is definitely more, like I said, it, 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 
connected more with like what I do on my day to day. And so I could kind of like relate to it a little bit more on like a, a different level. But yeah, I, I also just feel like I haven't watched any TV from like the 60s. Yeah, if you watch 60s television, it's rough. I mean, so it, it's just been rough. A yeah. rough couple of episodes, to be frank. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> um, so it's, it's difficult for me to get excited about something that I'm just like, oh. Yeah. But um, the general, like, storyline plot, like, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're doing these as serials mm-hmm. instead of episodes, because oh, I would never, you would never stick around. I'd be like, you know what? Thanks so much, and this is uh, this has been it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like seventeen episodes. No, that's why. Yeah, I, I mean, it, if you had said no, I probably would have quit. <laughs> I would, I would have quit. I'd have been like, "Fuck this! This has been great," but no, no. Uh, of course, this is a neat episode. Mm-hmm. It's it's the Daleks, and and they're great. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard. It, this is one of those times where it's really hard because you know so little about this show, mm-hmm. and I'm so hesitant to give spoilers. But this is going to be one of the. There are going to be maybe a couple of bad guys that I'm not to be able to do a section justice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to do a little bit of spoiling. Yeah. And in that sense, the Daleks are one of the best villains mm-hmm. of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. They are the bad guy. I mean, they're the fucking Nazis. Yeah, they are the bad guy. Like, I mean, I have a Dalek action figure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's real busted. It's been banged around a lot and it, it works so in the little diorama I have <laughs> he looks like he should be busted um but I mean we there are Dalek I mean for context a little bit we just finished in the modern Doctor Who mm-hmm. the Christmas episode that just happened mm-hmm. I think was called the invasion of the Daleks. They're just gonna be around. And sometimes they're real bad and sometimes they're amazing. And really, this is a good Dalek episode. They're just good bad guys because they're bad. Mm -hmm. There's nothing where it's like, it's not like with Ian where it's, well, he's at least trying to be good. Mm-hmm. No, dogs don't give a fuck. They're, they're bad guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're bad guys. They're the black cowboy. They're the evil space alien, quite literally. Like, they're just good bad guys. Mm-hmm. And to have them come in on the second episode, when they didn't know what they were writing, they were writing some fucking bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know? And 60 years later, they're still so fucking bad, bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's a neat story. It's so great. Even if you don't necessarily like this old shit, if you're a Doctor Who fan, please, please watch this episode because it's worth knowing where they come from. Yeah. That out of the gate, they're the Daleks. Yeah. They don't, they're not, they're going to change a whole lot, but they also don't change at all. 
They never really waver off of this. But that sheer murder, mm-hmm. no. Extermination. Mm-hmm. Puff, puff on the cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twiddle the mustache. Maniacal laugh. And not even that, it's colder than that. <laughs> it's just, they're just... It's more matter of fact. It's just what it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, guys, now that we've disseminated the Daleks, <laughs> damn, that felt good. I love the Daleks. I love the Daleks. Well, we're going to say goodbye for this week. Next week, we are going to be doing the story of the Edge of Destruction. Two episodes. So... It'll be nice, short, and sweet. I am super fascinated to see what you're going to think of it. Let's see. Let's see. I got uh, my notes. Yeah. Uh, well, but for this week, we are uh, going to say bye, guys. So, bye, y'all. Sayonara, folks. <laughs>